You're about to listen to the Healthy Church Growth Show with me, Madge Abasaki, minister, author, and visionary of growthechurchnow.com. I'm also known as the Healthy Church Growth Advocate. My guests on this show are fellow ministers, church leaders, and experts in their field. We'll share practical tips to address challenges and provide solutions for the church at large every Monday. Enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Church Growth Show podcast with me, Madge Abasaki. And today I have the CEO of Christian Vision for Men, Nathan Blackaby, and also Rob Santa, who's their London coordinator. Now, Christian Vision for Men have been going for 31 years and have over 500 groups and span right away across the UK, USA, Africa, other parts of Europe, and also South South America. So congratulations uh, to both of you. Thank um, you. Thanks for having us on the show. And thank, thank you for your time. I really appreciate that. So we're going to ask the question, where have all the men gone in the church? Mm. <laughs> That's a good one. And I want to start by asking either of you, what is CVM's reason and purpose, i.e. what's your mission? Hey, Rob? Yeah, well, CVM, um, we're a grassroots evangelistic movement to men. And our aim is to partner with the local church to encourage the men of the church to come together as a band of brothers to not only grow in their faith, but to also uh, to reach out and win men that don't yet know Jesus. That's quite a big mission, isn't it? So why why does the church need you to intervene? Uh, A good question. Uh, Well, we have seen a decline in guys in church um, and we feel that we've got something unique to tell men which is that Jesus Christ uh, loves them he wants to lead their lives he wants to be their captain their rescuer their brother and friend and uh, we've seen some amazing stuff happen when men are gripped with the gospel and they want to go out and see their mates introduced to Jesus we think we will see a culture shifting movement across the UK and wider uh, that feeds into families communities more so yeah we're we're quite excited about it um you you say you know that uh, you're seeing a decline in men um Mm. is that men outside the normal christian traditions i.e people who actually don't know jesus at all um so what we're saying with that figure is that we're seeing a decline initially a decline of men in church um, so let's take sort of a, a, a broad definition of church across all denominations. We see about a two to one ratio. So two women to one man in church. Mm. Um, and, and it's been on steady decline for, for quite some time. So we kind of looked into that and said, well, why is it happening? What can we do about it? So tell me, why why has it been happening? What, what are the main re- reasons for the lack of men um, in the church? Uh, well, I, I think there's a few reasons. I think, I don't think it's just sort of demographics that there's less men than women in the world. Because, I mean, if you look at other religions, for example, Islam, 50, 52% men, 
to 48% women. Hindus, 52% men again. Sikhs, 51% men. Whereas Christianity is only 46% men and 56% women. So we have seen uh, a, a gender imbalance in the church. Now, why it's happening? Well, it's been happening for a while. There has been a steady decline. Um, I think it comes down to a few things that guys uh, often don't connect with church. They look and say, yeah, is this church for me? Is this something I'm interested in? Is this something I want to be involved in and, and follow this Jesus? And majority of the guys that I know look at church and say, you know what? It's not relevant. It's outdated. It's not current for my life. It's not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, in some respects, it can be just as simple as that. I, I don't want to oversimplify it. It is a complex thing and there's lots of reasons why men aren't in church or or following Jesus, shall we, shall we say. Uh, but yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that guys just look and say, you know what, it's not for me. I mean, men, it's just worth saying that men are statistically less likely uh, to to say they are of a religion or follow any sort of religion. They're statistically less likely to self-identify with religion. So we're starting from from a bit of a deficit to you know to start with anyway, uh, but yeah. So it's one of the reasons. Um, I'll give you some more if you like. We we always hear that women are more in touch with their feelings than men are, and because faith um, connects with our soul and therefore our feelings, mm-hmm. could it be that men are not necessarily connecting with, you know, their sensitive side, perhaps? Well, it could. It certainly could be, and, and Rob might have some views on this. I, I think that we have orientated church for a long time around a romanticised kind of image and picture. So, I mean, quite often you'll see a lot of flowers, a lot of um, uh, material, like uh, banners and, and tapestry and, and artwork that's very floral, very kind of gentle and very nice and lovely. You know, often the language we use in church as well is rainbows waterfalls and it's all very gentle and calming and if I'm honest most of the guys I know aren't like that Mm -hmm. they don't connect like that so what we're saying is men will often make a sociological connection to something before a spirit before a spiritual one so if a guy goes into a church and he sees a load of flowers a load of kids drawings and you know there's there's not really a connection for him he's singing worship songs that talk about the heart and emotion and feelings and giving your life to Jesus and Jesus's embrace and his touch, it doesn't resonate with men. And then if you if you fuse that to a gospel message or a preach that is a very needs-based emotional message. So come to Jesus and he will meet your needs. Come to Jesus and you can rest in his shadow and, and be in his embrace. Mm. Men will look at that and go, you know what, I'm okay. I, I'm okay, thanks. So what we kind of say is subtle changes to the church culture, to the, to the church kind of landscape, um, and even the way, you know, a message comes across. If, if you were to get up on a Sunday and go, guys, are you ready to bow the knee and follow Jesus the Christ, your captain? Let me tell you what that would look like. Following Jesus will impact your money, your time, your passions, your hobbies, your life, but it will be the best thing you can do. Are you willing to follow that Jesus? and count the cost and you see it's very subtle difference of language and i think i think those kinds of things we need to reconnect with and enable men to really see the relevance of the gospel today Mm. Um, because that's what we're selling we're not hopefully we're not selling the church we're not trying to say you know come to this church look like us and that's all you have to do 
we're saying, come and follow Jesus, the most radical man that ever lived. Uh, and, and he's going to really stretch and expand your life beyond what you can imagine. I mean, that's exciting, oh, yeah. right? I mean, it's very exciting. But, you know, here's the thing. So you've kind of stripped the language back a bit, etc. And as a group, as Christian Vision for Men, that might work for you. But when they go back into their local church, and it doesn't matter the denomination, as most of the denominations have that kind of um, connection with the soul and the flowery language and whatever, um, what happens then? Uh, well, obviously, I think subtle changes to the church landscape are needed. I mean, we're always trying to keep moving forward, aren't we, and be relevant, Bible relevant, gospel relevant, but also contextual to the, to the cultures mm. that we're in. Um, but I would say, would it would it be terrible if if these guys that got saved started to bring some of their culture and, and their lives into the church? And it almost changes organically mm. with the people getting in. So, for example, when I was leading the church, I remember we started reaching out to a, a community and a state where we, were, where we were based. And it was really interesting because the people started coming along who weren't mm. saved and their language was obviously different and they were smoking out the front before the mm. services. But that, that forced the church to change. It forced us to look and go, you know what? We've got quite comfortable sitting here and we like our banners. We like yeah. our flowers. But there's this new group that came in, and it wasn't just men, it was women too, who did not connect with that church culture and that, that decoration, the way, we, the way we'd done mm. church. So it just started to change it. And I guess I, I'm not suggesting radical things here. It's, it's things like get a guy up on a Sunday morning who might be a yeah. Christian who's a builder or a plumber or an electrician because so often, and, and you were right when you said about emotions and caring and this stuff, I think the church can often play to those strengths. So we, we, if, if you take, I don't want to dominate the conversation here, but if you take a prayer bulletin in a church, quite often it talks about um, the needy. You know, we're praying for the needy. We're praying for the sick. We're praying for the vulnerable and elderly in our community. If there's any um, professions in there, they're often quite, caring professions we're praying for the doctors the teachers the nurses you know all that stuff imagine you put in there we're praying this week for brian who drives the bus uh through clapham high street we're going to pray for him this week because he's a christian yeah. we love him and he's on mission he's yeah. on mission it's a really subtle change but what it does is any guy there who might be fringe unsaved or just cruising along suddenly goes hang on i connect mm. with brian I wasn't I wasn't connecting before so so I'm on mission too am I because I'm a dustman or you know so it, it's just real subtle language I don't know about you Rob if you've seen some of that in practice or yeah it's just encouraging the guys uh, uh, to be able to step out in their day-to-day as well so yeah. uh, whether they're down the gym or at the running club at the football club because as, as Nathan's saying That's on it. a Sunday you know if it's at the football match you will get men together and men will sing, but it's what are they, you know, it's them being around a band of brothers of like-minded uh, guys. So it's bringing some of that culture, uh, the, what men appreciate, which is like what we do at the gathering, our annual men's weekend away in June, uh, where we, we put on this weekend where we invite men to bring their not yet believing mates or the men that they've been walking with. Do a load of fun stuff like uh, axe throwing, quad biking, uh, sword fighting, um, you know, all the inflatables, uh, all the stuff that they really love and will bond around. 
but it's uh, embedded with uh, some great seminars and Bible study and some really powerful testimonies where the normal guy gets to hear another normal guy on stage say, you know, who he was, how his life was and yeah. who he met, Jesus, and then how his life is now. And, and that becomes then the adventure that the guys want to see. They see something's changed in his life. Can I see a change like that in my life? So what's the significance of not having a, or the imbalance between the men and the women? How does it manifest itself? And is it causing wider mm. problems in the church at large? Yeah, great question. And for two million Christian women, they are now, if they're listening, they're standing up and going, yes, it impacts us because where are the Christian men to mm. marry? There are two, two million Christian women in the UK at the moment who are saying to the church leaders, look, I want to marry a Christian man. I want a family. But there isn't any Christian men around that are single. So it is a huge problem because we're going to see, I mean, already there's spiritual fatherlessness that we can see in the UK. I mean, that we haven't got to go far to, to see that. But it really has an impact on our families. Um, it has an impact on kids going forward. I mean, for young children, young people, spiritual fatherlessness, fatherlessness, only 16%, so 16% of our grandchildren will have a Christian father and mother if the current trends continue. Oh. Only 16% of our grandkids will have Christian father and mother. So, yeah, huge impact on singleness, dating, relationships in the church, also things like um, mentoring and discipleship. Mm. I mean, growing, so I've been a Christian 30 years and Growing up in the church, I was always looking at the guys four, five years older than me. Uh, and then when I when I got to 12, 18, I'd look to the guys that were in their 22s, 24, and look at their lives. And, and when we start missing these segments of men yeah. in church, we start drastically missing an opportunity for effective evangelistic discipleship amongst yeah. men. And, and it is crucial. I mean... That's why you see these drop-off points of faith. I mean, it's like 25, the urban male, completely dropping away from church. Over the last 20 years, there's been a significant decline in young men aged 35 and 39. So again, another drop-off point. And there's another drop-off point at about 50, 55 for men, when their kids turn around and go, Dad, you know, we began a church for years. I'm now old enough not to go. I want to play football on a Sunday. See me, mates. What we're seeing a trend is... At that point, the men are going, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm done with church as well, to be totally honest. And they stop, they stop attendance. So, again, this is all sort of before the pandemic stats, but it'd be interesting to see how, how it pans out. But just in some conversations I'm having with people, you know, people are less and less likely now to tune in online. The guys I'm friends with anyway are not tuning mm. into the Sunday services. They're, they're dropping away. That, that's interesting. Funnily enough, I was going to ask you about uh, the pandemic and how it's affecting uh, what you do as, as an organisation, yeah. as, as a charity. I mean, so people are dropping out uh, of the online services. Why do you think that is? Well, I, I mean, Rob might have some view on this. Again, this is just rhetoric from me. I can't back this up statistically, mm. but in our, in our church setting... Yeah, it, we've seen a significant drop in in regular attendees uh, that used to be with us every every morning. Mm. 
are now not tuning in, not watching live. They're not commenting on the feed. And in early days, there was loads of banter and commenting. And, but now we've just seen such a decline of, of guys tuning in to Sunday church. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think one of the things, and this isn't necessarily what we're talking about here, but one of the things we, we had was an incredible opportunity to say, what is church about? You know, when lockdown happened and we couldn't meet up. Mm. And then what we've done is we've, and I heard this quote the other day. It said, why have we rushed back to Egypt when that model of church was in terminal decline mm. for decades? Wow. So we, we've all rushed back to Egypt. We've all said, well, hang on a minute. Let's all get the platform. Let's all go online with our church services. And all you have to do is tune in now. And this is church online. And I think all we've done is replicated a model that wasn't working and we're just trying to reach more yeah. people with it. So I, I, I totally, totally agree with you. Um, episode, where we were, 20, episode 26, if anybody listens yeah. to that, um, it's a church leader I, I personally worked with and I've been looking at their journey through the pandemic. And I have to say that um, they've had to completely pivot what they're doing online. It's just not a simple thing of going on on a Sunday morning and that's mm-hmm. it. Um, there are there's so much more to consider. And actually, you need to use the technology very, very differently to try and get anywhere near the same results as you did uh, mm-hmm. with an in-person um, but Rob, what's your your take on this? Yeah, I, I hear I hear two things. Um, the f- the first one with everything switching over to something like Zoom. In the early days, it was great, and it's like the the best substitute for not meeting in person. But I think over the last six months, with a, a lot of people, they've been using that for work. So now we've heard this phrase, you know, people are zoomed out. Zoomed out, yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just fed up with going online and sitting in front of a screen. Mm. And I think, secondly, with what you were saying about um, church, Madge, um, you know, I know some church leaders who have worked really hard to try and get their services up and running for a Sunday, having something that they can deliver. Mm. Um, but it's all just coming out of a screen. And I think what I've been seeing just with within the fellas is they want connection. They want some interaction. If that's the case, Rob uh, and Nathan, Mm. you know, and they want the connection, there are ways that that can happen. And, you know, I'm I'm not sure about Zoom so much because we were talking about Zoom before we started. And, you know, it's not as reliable as it needs to be when it needs to be sometimes. But, You've got all sorts of things that you can do, um, surely. You know, you can actually have hosts online to connect with people's comments, for example. You can have small groups which run out of things like um, Facebook or even Zoom has Zoom rooms and things like that. So you get smaller groups of people together. It's just, just an idea, really. Oh, but that's what we've seen work, Madge. So in with some of the men's groups, they well in our men's group, yeah. we we would meet on a Friday every morning uh, for breakfast. Uh, a group of fellas will go around a, a man's house who cooked a load of bacon, uh, did bacon rolls, mm. tea, coffee, fruit, and cereal. And within that time, we would just read the Bible together. We would pray. We would have encouraging words. And in yeah. the pandemic, what we did, we we put that online. 
And using some of um, the uh, so the great resources that CVM has, we uh, did one called um, uh, Code Life Online. Oh yeah, uh, the Code Online, and we just use that as a basis to get guys into smaller groups or get into a group, and then have a discussion, get into the Bible, but have that interaction. Yeah. So it was it was two ways. It was two ways where sometimes I think on a on a mm. Sunday with some services it just comes out. Some you get the opportunity to dial back in on Zoom and then have a, a conversation. But I think if it's just coming out one one way, that's mm. where border can set in. So the smaller groups are um, the way to go for all sorts of um, different groups, even women's groups. Mm. To be honest with you, work better. Mm smaller and where you've got a mega church yeah. anything over 2000 in the uk and probably mm. anything over 5000 in the usa uh classed as a mega wow. church then you know you've you've got to have those small groups to get that connection so we've learned something there you've mentioned a few of the activities um uh but what do you do that's uh, i mean specifically male centric that you know, will absolutely appeal to a man. Mm -hmm. um, so, well, I mean, Rob did sort of mention this with the gathering. I mean, that's that's one of our main pushes throughout the year because we're only a small team, really. So we try and uh, try and punch well above our weight. Um, so yeah, in terms of just male centric events, I mean, we would just try and empower men's groups to reach out to their mates. I mean, it's it's the guys in the men's groups that have got their friends that are not Christians that we want to get saved, and I think I think it's important to say that we're not we're not advocating kind of another, yet another church men's group that have a breakfast and don't do anything. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm bored. So I got so bored before lockdown. I, I didn't want to go to another men's breakfast because it it was just nothing was happening, Madge. Now the groups we're talking about are commandos they're sas gospel activists they're men who have had a dna and a vision of rescue put in their hearts see now this is a, a really big shift in what we see across the uk of churches and their men's work because traditionally men's work is get a group of men together do a bible study talk about pauline theology go home now I've done all that, and Rob has too. And what's excited us about CVM, the reason we threw in with CVM, is that it's about getting a group of men together and saying, guys, let's go and rescue some blokes. Let's go and rescue some blokes from, from the road or the gates of hell and see their lives transformed. Now, I sat down with a group of men in my village, so I'm in two men's groups, and we started this group. And I just sat around a fire and said that to him. I said, guys, if you're here for an in-depth Bible study then it's not going to happen you're in the wrong place. But if you're here to get excited about the gospel, to pray into the lives of men who aren't saved, to invite guys to stuff, to turn up, show up, be honest and real with your life, and hopefully for all of this we'll see God glorified and he'll bring some sons home, then you're in the right place. So that's a very different in invite to a men's group. And that, they're the yeah. groups I want to be part yeah. of. Yeah, well, that's, those are the groups I want to be part of. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I can totally get that. My, Madge, my wife, she says to me, like, I'm, st I'm starting a women's group. We're going to do this. We're, you know, and it's, it. She is bored of, <laughs> oh, what do we do? Do we, do we knit, yeah. and paint stones? No, you go, go after the lost. 
that's that's what's exciting us. And I have to say, so, I have to say, Nathan, um, from what I, and I'm, funnily enough, I want to ask you a bit about demographics and uh, generation Y and Z, and even the ethnic mix, because what I have noticed mm. with Generation Z, particularly, and if people don't know what I mean by this, we're talking about people that are up to 21 years old. And then uh, people that are maybe 21 to 35. So you've got Generation Y, which is called Millennial, and you've got Generation Z. And uh, I know from research I've personally done that Generation Z do not want to engage with the church because they see that they feel we are not doing anything and we're not being... um, Mm -hmm. We're not reaching yep. out to our communities and the lost and all the social mm. stuff that happens. So mm. it's really important that we start getting practical. And as you said, not have a women's or a men's breakfast only to, you know, mm. where does it go and who does it touch? So I wanted to put that in there. Mm. But mm. what sort of demographic have you got generally? What about the age groups? What about the ethnicities within CVM? How does it work? Mm. Yeah, interesting question. Uh, so we've, it's, it's an interesting one because predominantly our age group seems to come online at a certain yeah. stage in life. So, you know, you've got guys at uni, they might be involved in the CU, you know, fusion ministries, all stuff like that. Uh, they're not really looking to CVM stuff. And I just want to say, this is the sort of things I, I want to change as well with CVM. Uh, but, and then, and then they kind of work for a bit have some kids, get married. And it's only at that stage, sort of 35 mm. into 40s, that we see guys really kind of connect with CVM where they, uh, rightly or wrongly, they get to a place where they say, uh, I've kind of job, house, kids, holidays. Uh, I need some mates. I need a bit of brotherhood around me. Where do I go for that? So traditionally, we've seen guys plug into CVM at that stage, which is which is great. A lot of those guys support us, and that's how we are functioning as well financially as a ministry. So that's really important because yeah. a lot, a lot of guys, you know, try and reach students. They haven't got any money. They can't support charities or ministries. So, uh, yeah. So we get a lot of our support from that sort of age bracket. Uh, ethnicity is an interesting one. Um, we've tried a few different ways to break <laughs> into different churches. Not literally breaking, but create partnerships, have dialogue, and, and do stuff together. Um, and it is just really, Why? really difficult. Um, I don't know. I think it's. I think there's some reasons why that aren't uh, about ethnicity. It's that big churches will generally want to do their own thing, um, and that they they have their style and their way of doing it, and they don't necessarily want to use CVM or be involved with CVM. And that's absolutely fine. If there's men's stuff going on and it's about the gospel, brilliant. Um, We've tried before to reach out and do stuff with some black majority churches. Uh, we had some really good connections. I'm trying to remember who it was. But it, we, we almost got a, a, a men's group along to the gathering. And then they realised it was camping. And they said, no, we don't want to camp. We don't camp. And that was it. I mean, that was an only one example of many because it's quite exactly. a Russian yes. contingent. We got Greek Orthodox. Um, I happen to know... Uh, a Hispanic network um, yeah, sure. in this country, and they may not actually appreciate camping out. I hate camping. 
<laughs> so no. I guess it's just uh, having an understanding of um, what what their personal expectations are and things. It is. Keep plugging away because it's really really worthwhile. Yeah. It well, I yeah. I mean, you do you do have to be quite savvy as well. I mean, I remember I was invited to speak to a men's group. And I, me- I mentioned in error, and I do kick myself for this, I mentioned something about having a whiskey with someone and, and I never got invited back and I've been cut off. So I, I then realised that actually mm. I need to be careful because some That's churches, true. you know, their theology is we don't drink. And if you mention it, you're dead yeah. to us. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, yeah. So it's just it's being culturally aware. Uh, but I do think... And I, I do think there's there's far more that joins us than separates us. You know, pigment of skin, cultural differences. I think Christ and his yeah. mandate to go, it, totally. it joins us in so many more ways than divides. You know, totally. so, yeah, I think there's a lot I, we could I, be doing together. I applaud together. you for that one um, thing that you just said. It's that That's very important. You know, Matthew 28, 19 to 20, you know. Well, and you're um, doing it. That's that's what yeah. connects us all together. Amen. Um, yeah. So, are you looking to? I mean, it's, it's interesting because uh, we just talked about that. But I was going to say, are you looking to engage with particular groups or areas? I am, and I'm really keen. You know, for looking at London, our area for London, that we have men on team that represent different communities and different areas of London. Um, so it's very much something that we want to to yeah. see take place at CVM. Yes, that that's good. And, and maybe um, I don't know whether you partner with any of the um, large organisations. We got uh, mm. churches together, England. Absolutely, yeah. And we we've got some new contacts. You know, just only just recently at Jesus House, for example, we're doing some great stuff with those guys. So yeah, there is some good stuff happening. Fantastic. So, I mean, all that information, all the links uh, to CVM will be in the show notes uh, so people can check that out and all the resources that you have. It's a really, really good website, really worth looking at as well. I just want to congratulate you both on the work that you're doing and the work yet to come. And that, you know, the resources will come so that you can, um, you're able to expand this work to as many communities Thank who you. need this as possible. Because when you mentioned that, um, yeah. the yeah. statistics, uh, Nathan, mm. you're like a walking uh, encyclopedia. Hey, well, it's only because, you, see, I had a little bit of time to prepare. So I'm looking at a screen, Madge, I'm not going to lie. I've got, a, I've got, I've got. Well, oh, I, I don't remember secret. numbers, so I thought I knew you were going to quiz me, so I thought I'll have them numbers here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> forewarned is Yeah, forearm. that's it. That's, you got to do your homework. Brilliant. Now, I'm going to ask you a really naughty question. What about the women's view about what they expect? Does that come into any of your programs, the small groups that you run? The code? we do, you know, we had a, we had a, uh, a speaker. We had Becca Leg and also uh, Tanya, um, who's now taken over at Home for Good. Um, they spoke at the gathering one year, and they spoke, and the title was "What Women Really Want." And I've never seen more men in that tent. <laughs> it was great. It was packed. It was. 
Why? Why do you think that is? Well, because guys want to know that we need information. We need we need intel. So, yeah, we. But in all seriousness, we partner up with a load of different organisations, charities, ministries that are led by women, empowered by women, and we absolutely want their voice. Yeah. Uh, and we've also got a load of women that support us financially, pray oh, for really? us. Yeah, but it's well. The thing is, there's a terrible. Um, sort of spiritual singleness yeah. going on where loads of women come to church and their men, their husbands yeah. aren't saved. Mm. Yeah, the number of conversations I've had where uh, a member of the church says, can you talk to my husband? Can you talk to my brother? Will you talk to my sons? Yeah, It's just a heart for men in their families to come to know the Lord. Yeah. Wow. That is, um, I mean, another reason why an organization like yours has to prosper Um, I'm not surprised that, you know, you've been around so long because I hear Mm. the passion in both of both of you Mm. and um, to to see this grow Mm. for for the kingdom. I really appreciate everything that you shared with me. Now, one final thing. Can you share uh, one piece of advice to any church leader that might be listening? Church leaders have a lot to manage. And uh, it's about raising up a team. And where we see the men's ministry working really well is when the church leader is invested into it. Even if they're not taking Mm. or they're unable to take an active role, if they're seen to sort of like commission or uh, be behind the men that want to lead it, um, then it can be a men's ministry that really flourishes. Uh, I think so often it's uh, the expectation can be on the leader that they've got to do something. But if they can empower the men in their church and just get behind them to set something up and get the men off with doing some of the things that we've just spoken about, that's when it can work really well. And what about you, Nathan? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Picking up with, with what Rob was saying, I think when men's ministry moves from uh, the the heart and passion of one man to the passion for the church, and, and you can tell when that happens because it starts getting prayed mm. for, and it takes on a spiritual dimension mm. that actually the men's group is about rescuing men. It's about getting the gospel yeah. out. It's not just about creating a men's club. And I think when that transformation happens, it's exciting. Wow. So, yeah, get resource. Seven reasons your church needs more men. Fabulous. I, I have really, really enjoyed talking to you about a subject I know little about because I'm a woman. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's fantastic, and um, I know that people are going to really engage with this. As I said um, earlier, all the resources for CVN, Christian Vision for Men, will be in the show notes. Connect with them, reach out to them, have a virtual cup of coffee <laughs> with them, and find out how you can get involved to uh, strengthen your men's ministry. So Nathan and Rob, Thank you so much for your time. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Madge. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you gained some insights. If you did, please share the show link with other leaders. And don't forget, every Monday, we'll release another episode of the Healthy Church Growth Show.